Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? One of my uh, favorite episodes that I've recorded in a while, just so silly and fun, as always is the case, almost with a improviser, just so playful and silly. Uh, let's get into it as quickly as possible. There is no ad, which I'm happy about, so we can get to it as fast as possible, but we do have a couple tour dates. Uh, most of them are, well, no, they're all with Rob Bell. Tucson, Tampa, Orlando, and Boston. Go to PeteHolmes.com if you want to see me and Rob Bell discussing the big issues. Uh, it's kind of like the third act of this podcast, but live, mixed with comedy. It's part live podcast. It's part uh, stand-up. Uh, it's, it's just so wonderful. People are saying that they love it, and that means it. Uh, and that means it so much to me. It means so much to me. So come out. These are the uh, last five dates for the time being. Tampa, Florida, Orlando, Florida, Boston, Massachusetts, and most recently, we're going to be in Tucson, Arizona. PeteHolmes.com or RobBell.com for tickets to that. The weirdos that have been coming out, that means so much to me. Come out, say hi, get a hug, see a show. It's going to be great. Hope to see you out there. Uh, now, let's get into Andre. So fun, so silly. We recorded this today. I sincerely hope you enjoy it, guys. Get into it. Put it on the fridge. on the refrigerator. You know, I'm having, like, panic. Not a lot of panic. Mild panic. We should say, here, put these on. We've met a bunch. You know, we've hung out. Yeah. Maybe under five times, though. Oh, sure. Over years. Yeah. And I'm intimidated by the accent in your name. Andre. And I'm afraid. That's, so why is it there? Because. I knew your name was Andre, and I was like, what if it's Andre? Something, and I'm going to fuck it up. I've been, like, I was just like, Pete, the podcast is called You Made It Weird. Just tell just her. Just do it right off the bat. Tell her. You don't know how to say her name. No, my name is always so weird. And, and. It's one letter off from Andrew, because I fucked it up while typing. True. I didn't I mean didn't to. see that. Yeah. No, no, no. I didn't type it to you. I was, oh, I was oh, Googling oh. you because I wanted to reread the lovely email you sent. Yeah. Me. Oh, the long, weird email I sent. I liked it a lot. Were you um, in a, uh, like, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Sometimes I get in these states. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Where, like, everything's firing and you'll write, yeah. like, when I was reading your email, I was like, I think she's in a place. Oh, I didn't edit it. That's what I mean. <laughs> I was like, oh, and this and that yeah. and then furthermore. Yeah. And here's what else. Send. It was like a manifesto. I do those all the time. And then I and then I was like, I'm already hot. And then I was like, <laughs> I'm already hot. And then I was like, he's gonna not like this. Sorry, Keanu he's, he's, Keys. Wearing, he's wearing the Keanu Keys t-shirt. Sorry, I just noticed. It is so funny. I'm sorry. Isn't it great? I'm gonna get one. I I bought one. You did because it's a tri- like a tribute to Harris. Yeah. And his name is misspelled on the t-shirt. There's a lot of little Easter eggs there for our, our dear. <gasps> friend Harris. I love him. I know. Um, I just say I know. I just mean like I do too. I didn't mean to bum us out. Well, no. The when, and then when he passed, you know, he's in my close circle of friends. Was he really? Yeah. He and oh, I, no not as, not the closest. Yeah. But, oh, but, but he was in your group. Yes. You were like six degrees. So the sadness manifested itself in many different shapes. Yeah. yeah. And it's already so sad. And then... For me personally, he, um, I had the luxury of not 
ever having a flirtatious relationship with him because I know him through my boyfriend. Yes. Which is different. A lot of women who, you know, we had a memorial and, you know, I thought it was really interesting. All the women who spoke were all like, we had a complicated relationship. <laughs> and I'm like, what are they talking about? Because I didn't get that because he was being respectful to my boyfriend. So yes. I just got like pure Harris that maybe a guy the same, would The get. same Harris I got. Yeah. One, yeah, he one time hit on me pretty hard. Okay. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he touched your tea. I hit on, I, I touched his, and then and then we just kind of looked at each other and said, it's not right. Yeah. It's not meant to be. But he, to me, even though I didn't know him extremely well, was like a little Yoda and yeah. would give me these little pearls that, like, and the thing about him was that he was not ever going out of his way to flatter you. So if he did say something flattering, it was yeah. just pure truth for him. Yeah. And it meant more to me because he wasn't a bullshitter. Right. And every now and again, he would just give a little gem that I, he didn't know changed my whole day, my whole yeah. week. Do you remember a gem? I don't mean to one put you on them, the spot. Yeah. Well, one of them is, you know, I just am a series regular on my first show. Yeah. Which is great, but it... You, Steve and Nancy Carell's... Steve and Nancy. Getting dirty. Getting dirty. After dark. Writing them jokes. What is it What is it called? It's called Angie Tribeca. Angie Tribeca. Don't yeah. care for the title. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Make a note. It's just so much funnier to well, have an opinion. First it was called Tribeca, and everyone's like, it's set in New York. But it's not. It's the main character's name, who's played by Rashida Jones. Lovely flower. Uh-huh. And, um, and you're her best friend, Brooklyn Triborough? <laughs> yes. I'm her best friend, Astoria, Queens. And... Um, <laughs> it takes place in Iowa City. Yeah. Why do people get confused? It's so straightforward. Yeah. It's very annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so no. it was called Tribeca, now it's called Tribeca Jones. Yeah, no. See, <laughs> I can't. Tribeca. I knew it's one of those. Like, oh Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is asking a lot of Unbreakable. Me, those yeah, women, uh, uh, women uh, strong. So catchy. Yeah, very. That's Mike Brett, a dear. Uh, we might do yeah. It's like that. But I'm just saying, like names, he, I have your name, I yeah. have real names, and then you want me to remember a character name. I know. Like, I, I, I've seen every episode of Mad Men, but there's still a couple. I'm like, the guy with the tie. I haven't seen any of them. It's okay. I will watch them someday. The first I'm three overwhelmed seasons. by how far behind I am. The first three seasons are like their own thing, though. There's too many. Just like life, that show is nine different shows. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and the first three seasons are completely different from the rest. That's too crazy. So just watch those. It's such here's a smaller what, commitment. Here's what Harris said. Mm. He was like, how's the show going? I'd rather talk about Matt. <laughs> <laughs> how's like, the show going? How's the show going? I was like, it's going great. But I, in my own, you know, sometimes we as humans get a little insecure. Yep. And I'm like, I'm the only unknown on this show. Mm. And sometimes that's challenging for me. Like, am I doing it right? Am I doing it good enough? Is this as, and how's everybody? I hate that term, and it's unknown. A, what a yeah, terrible it's just term. so unknown. I, <laughs> Like you're a kid with no pants and a raincoat. Just sitting in a closet rain. by myself playing with a paperclip. Who's that? That's an unknown. Oh, God. And then the idea. We don't that know you're... where she came from. <laughs> and then you're a known. Uh, Rashida Known Jones. Yes, Known Jones? Jones. You know Known Jones? Uh, you know Known Jones? Come away with me? Yes. Known Jones. <laughs> oh, boy. I hate that term. I hope I hope Harris has something to say about. Oh yeah, so I said to him, you know, I was like, so that can be intimidating sometimes, and he's like, very straightforward. Was like, are your scenes funny? I was like, yeah, they're funny. He's like, well, that's what we call a breakthrough role. 
was like, thank you. And he, but he wasn't, he was just being matter of fact. He's yeah. like, are you, are your scenes funny? Is the show funny? Yeah. Do you ever think about what a great story? I'm glad you shared that about, uh, about our friend. And then I'm thinking like, what do you want people? This is a weird, I think this is a generous question. Yeah. It's the sort of question I'd like to be asked almost. Yeah. That's what I mean. So go ahead and ask me <laughs> so thank afterwards. Thank you for giving no, it to I'm, me. I'm yeah. No, thank me in advance. Uh, what do you want people to say about you when you, when you go? Oh my gosh. Isn't that weird? I'm, well, I don't know. I don't ask that more yeah. often. I recently have been thinking about that because of, you know, Harris's thing. And it was such an outpouring of love, which right. was amazing. And I did selfishly think, like, man, if I died, this would never happen. <laughs> well, I mean, I think if there's something to be learned from people's passings, certainly there's millions of things to yeah. be learned from people's lives and their deaths and everything. But it's just the idea that, like, how are people going to speak about you when you go? And Harris got... The word that I kept saying was like genuinely funny, like yeah. effortlessly funny, but genuinely funny, which yes. is funny. Yeah. Because maybe some people will just be like, he was funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, it's kind of yeah. funny guy, yeah. funny. But the overlying and, theme was truth, whether yeah. people were talking about comedy or just his life. Gen- gen- genuity, genuineness. Genuity. Genuities. He was very genuine. Yeah. And then he was like authentically sweet. Yes. And then like, just so funny. I mean, th- yeah. that's a pretty good. Yeah, and he would speak the truth no matter what, and sometimes that would agitate people. And I identify with that on a certain level, but I was never as have not been as ballsy as he right would be with it right. But it is well that you can know. rub people the other way. I'm sure there there were some people that were like he was a little too ballsy or yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, that's just how people take that. Sometimes I tend to like those people, but my relationship with Harris it never really went to that place yeah like he never had to be like break my balls yeah we were never stuck in a writer, writer's room for yeah, 12 he hours he didn't break my balls either yeah i still have them <laughs> low and low and lovely you know i thought about seeing a doctor but yeah i'm trying to embrace who i am yeah just be you me with my male name <laughs> yeah andrew <laughs> yes. here's what it is a w kind of looks like balls it does <laughs> if they were really sharp and intimidating the- Oh, right. That Shark would, balls. That would be weird if they looked like that. <laughs> I have Madonna cone bra balls. Yeah. I don't know. It, it looks like a, a saber tooth tiger Wouldn't it be great if someone made there. a tiny little cone bra for balls? Oh, my God. You said it. I mean, and just a little, million dollars. Just, like, strap over the top. They're, I feel like there's, like, parts of, like, uh, <laughs> Barbados where they, can, they have, like, conch pieces, like, in them, and sure, then they'll like, have, like, some, a cone bra for your nuts. I would, I would think that some, like... Amazing drag queen would do that, but yeah, I know that they like to that's tuck. That's got to be done. That's got. So if be they done. didn't tuck, they should do that. Well, there, there, yeah, there got to be a, so a male stripper, like a yeah, just a regular balls out. I think they're trying to be masculine, though, right? By regular, I just mean identifies as a male. Mm-hmm. These are always okay. tricky to talk about. <laughs> I get in trouble every single time. Yeah, and, I, and what's so weird is I like spend so much time. Thinking about you actually it. get in trouble, like people yeah, comment, people comment. Like, that was un- I used the term transvestite recently, and I just meant cross-dresser. But I, oh, I, they're different. But I'm still learning about that. I don't even. I thought tra- I, you can't say transvestite anymore. You say trans. Uh, you say cross-gender. I don't even. I can't. I can't. A cross-dresser. I don't want. I don't want to be the authority I on this. We're going to be wrong. We're going to be wrong. Than a transgendered person. A transgendered transgender person, person is a person feels like they're a different right. sex. They identify as a female, but they were born uh, as what we right. would call a male. That's a transgender. But it also has nothing to do with their sexuality. Like a man That's right. who feels like a woman might still like women. That's and right. he doesn't think he's a lesbian. Right. Or maybe he does. Maybe he does. I'm not maybe sure. she does. Maybe she does. Not even trying to be funny. 
maybe she does. Yeah. But when, I learned recently through the comments, through a pretty <laughs> bluntly phrased uh, uh, comment, that you're not supposed to say transvestite. It's, it's my understanding that's kind of like saying oriental. Oh. Like I have an oriental friend or I have a trans. Okay. It's just an old term. Yeah. You say cross-dresser, I guess. But I mean, I, now I'm going to look at the comments and people are going to be like, cross-dresser's wrong. Dresses like a woman when born. I can't. It's not worth talking about. I have love for these people. <laughs> I want to speak I of them properly. I do but I can't. I, I'm, I not, can't. I'm not sure. But I, I can't. I, I maybe can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're Wait. bold. So you don't you Here's don't you don't I, have a podcast. No. But <laughs> you don't have everything you say recorded preface, and scrutinized. I'll preface this with I'm still learning <laughs> and if I'm wrong I would actually like to be corrected. But I think someone who identifies themselves as a crossdresser doesn't so if a man is a crossdresser, he in his body doesn't feel like a woman. He just likes to wear women's That's clothes. That's what I'm saying, like Eddie Izzard. Right. Right. And a transgendered so person Eddie actually Izzard feels a- like a different sex. Yeah. No, yeah. I I agree with you there. So the clothes Eddie are Izzard, it. But I want to know, I'm pretty sure we can say, Eddie Izzard is a cross-dressing yes. heterosexual male. Yes. I think that's I think the only right. thing we've said this entire podcast, including just the small talk up top, that I feel completely okay about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, how did we get there? You were telling me about Harris. We were, oh, I want to know what you feel like. What do you want people to say? Oh, well, I hope in the end that people would, if there were things that kept coming up, I hope I would be seen as kind. Kind is a good one. And yeah. kind's not that hard. Yeah. It's pretty hard. But I it's, think it's, it's great. We love kindness. People are turned on. I don't mean sexually, yeah. but we're turned on by genuine kindness. Yeah. Not phony baloney kindness. No. I think true kindness is, uh, comes from being kind to yourself, and then you can turn it out. There you go. There because you go. I think the people who are not kind are, are just showing they you don't a little mean to be unkind to other people. Yeah. They're dealing with so much stuff inside. They're showing you a glimpse of what it's like in their own yeah. brain. And then it reflects outward. Yes. And then big self-love person. What you put out comes back. So then they're put if you put out negativity, then negativity comes back to you and then you think like, "Oh, these negative things always happen to me." Right. But if you can even trick yourself into being like, all these great things happen to me. Can I tell you then something? Then all these great things come in. Here's a good self-love one recently. Yeah. So as you know, uh, vegan, we talked about that over email. Yeah. And I got really drunk and high with TJ and ate a quesadilla. Okay. okay. So that's not vegan. Yeah. Sorry, Aristotle. Sorry, vegan family. Are you a vegan? Yeah. Scott's oh, cool. Is. You got the vegan tech. Nice. Who's wonderful. Uh, so anyway, I, but I also did other things that I kind of regret. Like I smoked weed for like the third day in a row, which just yeah. isn't good for me. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't vibe with my brain. <laughs> yeah. I smoked cigarettes because okay. like like he had we all I say he had cigarettes. We bought cigarettes. Let's take yeah. some ownership here. So it was like a real debauch. He forced them on you. <laughs> you felt obligated. It was peer pressure. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was my drunken idea. So we're in Austin and we're walking around. So then, of course, I, I come back to the hotel around 2 in the morning and I go to bed, as you do after you eat a quesadilla and you yeah. haven't had dairy for years. Oh, my God. So I just go to bed. and But then, like, so not only is, like, my digestion – it actually wasn't that bad. I thought it was going to be like, what did you do? Yeah. Nothing really happened. But I did kind of have that when you wake up, you start replaying what you did the night before. And you're like, I, first of all, smoking is so gross and I'm so disappointed in myself – 
that I smoked, right? Okay. I was like, that is gross. I only had like one or two. Yeah. I was like, gross. Quesadilla, gross. Drunk, <laughs> gross. Uh, made all these vines of TJ okay. and I on a, on a horse-drawn carriage. Nice. The story's almost done. <laughs> what I'm saying is, as an exercise that I encourage for everybody, yeah. is I would wake up and I would, I would feel that dread, really is the word. I'd feel dread that I had done all these things. And then I just flooded it with, no, I love you, Peter. As if I'm not even me. I'm just like, I love you. I love you. I love you. Saying it over and over. It's the only thing. Not only does it work, but it's true. Yeah. I really don't think there's anything I can do to separate myself from my own love. I hope that's true. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just trying to, as an exercise, say it almost until I believe it. Because I didn't really love yeah. my choices. But then I kept almost like a good parent trying to unconditionally love myself. You had yeah. a quesadilla. You had two American spirits. And you had a bunch of drinks. It's okay. I love you. I love yeah, you. Yeah. And, and, and the... What matters is the, the all the good that you do daily for yourself. That one quesadilla or cigarette can't undo that. Right. And who cares? Yeah. I mean, there's also something about letting go of the, of the yeah. past, being like, that happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that quesadilla happened. Yeah. Let it go. It's okay. Not just let it go, but just own the, the, the moment is all we have, and, and that's yeah. just a, a memory for you, and it's okay. Nothing's, yeah. Nothing needs to have changed or not changed. I struggle with... Uh, so I was vegan, like, mm, maybe like four years ago. I remember I read... Uh, some books and I marched out into the living room. And- Leather bound book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I said to my boyfriend at the time, I was like, what are we doing? Put down the bacon. <laughs> he was mid bite. <laughs> and he just rubbed it on his face and threw it over the couch. <laughs> and we both were like, yeah. And we t- like went head in and tried to do it and didn't know what we were doing. And, and then it didn't last very long. I and think then- people are going to, what books did you read? I, I-, I read Skinny Bitch. Skinny bitch? Yeah. She's a vegan? Yeah, that book is all secretly about veganism. Is it really? The entire thing, you think it's to lose weight, and then it tells you to do a plant-based diet. Oh. And then it tells you terrible stories of animal cruelty as well. I don't even need those. I don't need them. I don't need them. It's too much. I don't need them. I don't need them. I needed them at one point. (laughs) I mean, I get it, but I feel like... uh, I can't take them anymore. I feel like that's trying to convert someone to Christianity by selling them hell. Like, really, you should go in with with the positive, with the love part. Yeah. Be like, don't you want to be... A loving presence that yeah. doesn't contribute to animal suffering is part of it. But if you go like, and then they cut the throats, and then they put the dick in the throat, yeah. and then they take a photo on Instagram, and if it gets a thousand likes, they kill a chicken and don't eat it. You know, it's like, yeah, that's fine. But you're preaching. That's like Jonathan Edwards. He's, he's, you know, the what is that? I forget the name of his book. But he's preaching that God that hates you yeah. and animals hate you, and and the slaughterhouses are so terrible, and that's true. <laughs> but I like a more positive approach. I have something. Yeah. Like, I swallowed a bug. I swallowed a bug. I'm not <laughs> vegan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like. So then I dropped it for a little bit, and I and I went to eating meat, and then I think I was like pretty much vegan for like two years, but I would have little cheats. Yeah. And then and <laughs> then I cheats. what were your cheats? Was like it? chocolate, like milk chocolate, milk chocolate, and every now and again maybe like. Some cheese. But. My lady has a real hard time with cheese. I think cheese is real gross. That quesadilla was fucking really <laughs> great. When I was drunk and high, I was like, this quesadilla is Well, now there's so many amazing cheeses. There's vegan a, cheeses? Yeah. Oh, I'm with you. If they had had a vegan quesadilla, I would have been like, thank you. But when you're yeah. in a hotel room at three no. in the morning, you're just like, 
I swear to God, it has so much to do with not. It's not about the food. I talk about this in stand up. It's about no one stopping you, no one yeah. inhibiting your liberty. You go. I'm hungry. I'm stoned. I'm drunk. Yeah. Bring me food. Yeah, that's what it's about. Yeah, it's not even hunger. You're just yeah. like I'm the king. Yeah, and you eat it. Yeah, and that's that's one of the human needs. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Exactly. If they had had like a it. wonderful fruit plate. <laughs> oh no. No, a deep fried fruit. Plate. Yeah. Whatever be some a, che- a vegan cheat food, vegan nachos, Jesus Christ. Those yeah, so or good. like deep fried avocado. Have you had that? Ooh, never. Well, it's great. It sounds great. It's real fatty. So, yeah, I know it's it's, it's great. But yeah, then when I uh then I had a year of just like completely opposite and I ate paleo. Ooh, did yeah. you eat raw paleo? Would you eat like raw beef? No, but I am half Belgian. That's why I have this weird name. Let uh, me just get the name thing out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's French. Yeah. It's like Rene can be a male or a female name. Yeah. You add an E to make it feminine. Ooh. And the accent mark should always be there. Anyone who's named Andre, Rene, I uh, can't think of anyone. Un- otherwise, it would be Andre. Right. Or so Rene. that little accent Rene. makes it A. I'm going to call all the Renees I know Rene. Rene. Hey, Rene. Get an accent. You know. Till day much. <laughs> I don't even know. It's yeah. called a till day in French. Probably not. I don't know. It's probably a till day. Oh, the accent mark? Yeah. It's called agu. You know a-goo? how you remember it? Agu, like you're sneezing, like achoo, goes forward. Agu. And the one that goes back is grave, like you lay back in your grave. Oh, you are fun and, and a French one, teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and the grave is over words like crep, so it has an eh sound as opposed to an a sound. Interesting. You're welcome. This has been French with a Belgian. I actually had <laughs> I had a flash of like, I won't remember this. This is intimidating me. I just like identifying just strange. Li- like I lied in the cab. <laughs> I had to take a cab because my license expired. Oh. So I took a I took an Uber. Peter Holmes. And the guy said something, and this was his accent. I'm not saying I know. I'm not saying all Uber drivers sound this way. This was this was a very good hymn. Yeah. He goes like, you'll know what the Palm Pacific is. <laughs> And I don't know what Palm Pacific is. And I go, yeah, there's so much lying mm, that we do I just do to stop. Everyone does it. You're like, re- I don't want to talk to you. I'm reading a book called Lying. And it's about <laughs> how we all do. There's so many types of acceptable lies. And yeah. when he goes, do you know Palm Pacific? And I'm like, do I really want this guy to explain what Palm Pacific is? That's part of it. Just like get the anecdote over with. Yeah. Just tell me you bought stock in Palm Pacific or you yeah. love Palm Pacific. Let's let's just be done with Palm Pacific. Your daughter died in Palm Pacific. <laughs> <laughs> There's kind of a Bermuda Triangle thing happening. Yeah. Like she's more gone yeah. than dead. Oh, she's gone, girl. You're welcome. Mm, it's a popular it movie and, and everyone knows what I'm talking about. about. Ben, ben you couldn't get Affleck. <laughs> I criticize your your silliness. You didn't know I was going to say Affleck. You said Ben Affya. Come on, live in this year. I just gave up right in the middle of you the did. fun. You thought it would be more fun to go, yeah, yeah, which I have to endorse. I mean, that's a good choice. I was a silly child. I hope so. <laughs> we can talk about that. Um, tell me, finish the vegan thing. I don't want to keep. I don't want to. Oh, I don't know. If, it's if just people are trying to skip the vegan thing. Let's give yeah, them a good block. Yeah, they're trying to fifteen second fast forward, which I didn't know how to do until you kept saying it on the it's show. Great. And I was like, "What the fuck is he talking yeah, about?" And then great. I looked it's at the right screen there. and I was like, "Oh shit!" Forward and back. I just swore a lot, and I don't normally, but it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you care? 
Um, because in the back of my mind, it's like, you don't have enough vocabulary if you're using those words. Oh, gross. That was an impression of my grandma. I was going to say, was it your no. gran- Was it your nana? <laughs> no. I don't like that name. Nana? Yeah, it sounds like you should eat her. I don't like when people have <laughs> nicknames for their... I, it's because my grandparents died when I was very young. Most oh. of them before I died. It's okay. <laughs> Just like putting out your grief. It's okay. Mm. Don't, no, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. But uh, I, it always makes me a little uncomfortable when people are like, and then I went to the nursing home to visit my babu. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like they're talking about their vagina because people also give their parts names. Put it in my babu. <laughs> I mean, if a girl said put it in my babu, I would know. Put it in the grandma slot. Yeah. The vagina. Well. If there's a part on a lady, no matter her age, that looks like a grandma, it's the vagina. Yeah, it's nice and wrinkled. Well, mine's not. But... My scrotum looks about 150, so I don't feel bad. <laughs> and I it's put a cobra like, on it. Slowly, it's like water rising, and the wrinkles will slowly rise up your whole body until it encapsulates your face and you age. <laughs> that's how. That's what aging is. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones, That's those aren't wrinkles. That's scrotum creeping yeah, onto his face. Yeah, it's just your scrotum skin keeps growing yep. up your and whole you body. And you pull it over. And you pull it over your head. Like a reverse Assassin's Creed hoodie. That little girl on Game of Thrones with the scrotum on the side of her face. Don't watch it. Gonna laugh anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a girl with like a scaly thing. No that spoilers. Does my favorite character die? She's such, oh. a, she's such a tiny character. Do I care about a character and then he dies? <laughs> oh, is Dinklage awesome? I don't watch it, so I just feel left oh, out. I've watched it and now I, I don't feel... Sometimes my eyes water. Sometimes I don't feel excited to watch it anymore, but now I feel obligated. Because I've been in it for that? so long. Oh, God. You're not going to catch up. It's in the past. Too many storylines. I'm, I'm not. I'm caught up. That's the thing. I just feel mm. awful about it. I don't want to. I don't want it. I don't want it. Okay. You don't have to have it. it. I'm very vocal about not wanting it. No. I'm sure it's great. Everyone listening, that's great. I just, someone wrapping some sort of like skin around the end of a, a staff and be like, this is all we have, but it will take us to morning. I don't give a shit. I need yeah. to know that's going to be over in two hours. I don't want to be in there for 80 hours. Lord of the Rings, pushing it. Yeah. Game of Thrones being like, we live here. I don't want to see no. a knight get a haircut. You know what <laughs> I mean? Just like, this is, this is just my life. We're here all the time. Nothing changes. <laughs> Give me my metal suit. I gave him like a a SoCal accent. I liked it. Putting on like piece by piece. Bro, give me my metal suit, bro. That's accurate, right? Slay that dragon. (laughs) Whoa! Gnarly scales! Dinklage, duck! My name isn't Dinklage. (laughs) <laughs> it's Dinklage. <laughs> there's a there's a grave. There's a grave. Mm. Well, there's no accent on that. So French you, lesson. your grandma told you not to cuss. Oh, uh, she told me a lot of stuff. I don't know if she specifically told me that. Your Nunu. She did tell me to stand up straight. That one's hard when you're in comedy. Why? Because it's not a good comedy pose. I think when you're a woman in comedy, you do a lot of things at first to make yourself. As unattractive as possible. That's funny. To be funny. We call it the wig. Yeah. A lot of the... Kristen Wig is so lovely. Mm-hmm. And then she does all these characters that are so ugly. Yeah. I said lovely first, right? Lovely. Yeah. I'm, it sounded like I said ugly, <laughs> ugly. Because they, they kind of... The they sound similar. Yeah. Words. Words. Um, but Different yeah. Meanings. I do that. 
I do that too. I've only recently started putting more makeup on Ooh. when I'm on stage. I like that. But I'm just, I I'm just still <laughs> slather your face up, cover it up. Cover up what's real. I'm just kidding. No, I get that. So you put on more makeup and, yeah. and now you're feeling like you filled out your pants enough that you can be attractive. Yeah, but I still make myself real ugly on stage. I understand. And I think like, that's funny. I agree. When I'm on stage, it's all like faces and oh, yeah. double chin stuff. Like that's funnier than me just, you know, like Jesselnick's a good friend of mine, uh, a good looking man in a sharp suit telling jokes. To me, is a different. I'm not saying it's more or less. I'm saying yeah. it's a different kind of funny than what I'm doing, which is like, <laughs> like I want them to see my uvula. You know what I mean? And I want them to go like, ugh, are you sure he doesn't need dairy? It looks coated. Yeah. Well, he uh, did have a quesadilla. Well, it's really hanging on there. <laughs> Like Mickey Mouse and some. I sort think of that's funny. Ship. That's your perception of yourself on stage because I've seen you perform. Well, maybe I wasn't doing my ugly bit. I've seen every show. No, <laughs> <laughs> Just terrifying. But you come off more polished, but you are silly, which I like. I preach. Maybe I've gotten more silly, but you're. Sa- I'm interested, and I know exactly what you're talking about. So you go out. Yeah, but here's the thing. Scene, you don't need to actively try and be ugly. I think the thing that can limit anyone especially women is uh being aware of how you look on stage just forget about it yeah and if you just forget about it you can tell when someone's performing and they're aware of how they look well you don't want to know go like which is my good side if you're pretending to be a dentist yeah that only quotes shakespeare yeah (laughs) that's the that's what you've been given by the improv gods yeah and you're just like oh god flossing is such sweet sorrow and you're going (laughs) Is that my good side? You have to. I'm with you. You got to let that go. Yeah. But that's what's funny. I think there's something about uh, funny about acting. This is such a like high thought that we're all acting. I think there's part. That's part of what makes it fun is is seeing people get lost in something. Yeah. That isn't what they were assigned to be. You're yeah. supposed to be this woman, and you're in this podcast and all that sort of stuff. And then I see you in an improv scene, and you're like a pirate. And then I'm like, that's ridiculous because she's not a pirate. But in a different time, <laughs> different circumstance, she could have been. We could have traded you for a barrel of rum. Yeah. I like to think you're a pirate. You're not like some sort of sex slave. You're, like, you're going. I on. was like a woman dressed as a man. Playing yeah, one of those. Yeah. There's always one of those. Yeah, and his I'm undercover. His name and I'm on Andre. a mission to avenge my father. Yeah, exactly. And all my brothers are dead, so it's up to me. And it's your and the captain is of course the man who you think yes. killed your father, but right before you kill, slit his throat, he goes, "Twas blackface, <laughs> <laughs> the racist pirate." <laughs> it's a white guy. It's not Blackbeard. He wears blackface, so you kill him for two reasons. Yeah, I'm just really upset with his choices. <laughs> <laughs> Give yeah. him a talking to first. So swearing, ugly. Whatever you'd like to say. <laughs> Swearing is ugly. <laughs> I try not to swear too much. Every now and again, it's great for effect. Pizzazz. See, I snapped. Uh, a snap is the equivalent I'm of saying... I'm actually very bad at snapping. Crap. It's not bad. Nope. Terrible. That was my left hand. Who can snap with their left hand? Uh, Broadway performers. And pool hustlers. <laughs> <laughs> if you snap with whatever, like, you give your brain the order to snap. Yeah. And then your brain is like, which hand? And you're like, whichever hand is free. You're probably hustling somebody out of cash. <laughs> <laughs> like you're rolling dice against a brick wall. Yes. What is that game? Whoever rolls the highest wins all the money? I don't understand any games with numbers on them. Hmm. <laughs> I'm great at poker just purely because of my face. 
Uh, I think, what do you mean? I think I I can't. I don't know any games. I don't really know any <laughs> but board you said games. You were a silly child. I'm a silly only child with no one Ooh. to play with. Yeah, I, I would yep. play make believe. And well, you have to. Your parents stopped procreating. Yeah, and they didn't give me any toys. And no, I'm just kidding. I had some toys, <laughs> but I didn't. You need a. You need people to play with to play yeah. a board game. Right. I did have shoots and ladders and Candyland that I would play with my cousins very young. I feel like only children are so much closer with their cousins. Yeah, like, you I met need my, to be. I met my cousin. I was like, whatever, beat it. <laughs> yeah. I was an. This is Tim. He's your uncle's brother's son. Yeah. Fucking scram. Who cares? Mine were like my brothers for a little bit. I'm all staffed up. And I was a fat kid. Ooh, roly poly. Right. And they would defend me against the neighborhood bullies. Can I just say, as also a fat kid, the the times that someone stepped in and stopped me from just being teased or chased. Kids love chasing kids. It's not really about what you do when you get them. It's harder to run. I know. I'm running. (laughs) And like, there's a real. It's like I'm a dolly. You know, and I, my leg is on one of those, like, circular swivel hinges. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Like, <laughs> what I'm trying to, I'm trying to paint the picture that my leg. I had you at the dolly. I'm a doll. Yeah. Picture a doll, like an old school doll. Yeah. Then picture the way the leg goes in. The top of the leg oh, is circular. Oh, yes. Okay, okay. So it goes in. And then if you took that leg straight out and then rotated it up, <laughs> like, kind of like silly sideways rotating yeah. legs. That's what I feel like. Like how Phoebe ran in Friends. I know Smelly Cat, but I don't oh, know that. Oh, she ran like a f- maniac. Is Phoebe, is Lisa Kudrow, she has to be. I mean, she's one of my heroes. She is one of my heroes. As, as, she's as, on our as show. As a lady. Is she? Yeah. She does a guest star. Her. She's so great. Yes. And, uh, oh, every time I need a name, it escapes me. It's this great skill I have. It's a specific part of your brain. Yeah. It really is. What's her show Vocab called? Recall. The Comeback. The Comeback. So good. There it came back. <laughs> oh. oh, put it in my Nana. <laughs> put it in my Graham Graham. I just heard non- Nana. Nana. Put your Nana in my I Graham have- Graham. <laughs> Oh, God. I have a food Instagram. Don't hate me. What do you mean? It's very popular. It's a food Instagram. And what does I, that mean? Bananas are taking photos? I'll show you. No, I post quick and easy recipes. People love it. They follow me. And this yeah. one girl said, see, look how beautiful. And I'll put the recipe on it. Do I? What if I'm just making sure your BB glow? Yeah. Even your Instagram is something. I'm like, is it Bebe or BB? Oh yeah, I think it's BB. Like, get with words that are easy. Well, just make a change. See, isn't that great? Make that change. But um, hail to the kale. Nice. Yeah, I made. I make fun names. (laughs) Oh boy. Out of salads. I feel like we've been married thirty years, and you're like, I make fun names, and I just slowly reach for a (laughs) sawed-off shotgun to end it all. Oh yeah, quinoa. Forget about it. (laughs) Quinoa. Quinoa. Better. Like I can't. I can't always think of the riff. But yeah, this girl commented that her her nana. Her not, her not Nona. I don't know how. It's, her vagina. That yeah had told her had made her a soup or something, and I oh and God, I being stuff. silly was like, ooh, that looks great. Hashtag Nana knows best, and then I clicked that hashtag, and it is a hashtag. And then I recommented, that's a hashtag. What? And she was mildly amused. People in the food community are not on board with my jokes. Nana knows best. <laughs> 
And then you ch- and then you cared that other people had done Nana knows best. Listen, I I thought Everything's it was real rage. Hashtag Furious Seven Family First is a, is a hashtag. God. I do come up with some that aren't hashtags. Okay. Uh, but it's very rare. How did we get here? Where did we go? go How did, did we get, get here? Where did we go? How will we escape? Ben Affleck. So who's your favorite parent? Well, my dad's dead. Okay. So he's, he's my favorite. in or he's out? <laughs> like, was he? Did he die at the peak? And you're like... He's the king forever? Yeah, he... That's a hard question. He died of, of cancer. When? 2006. Okay. Yeah, and the shitty thing about it was that, I mean, cancer's shitty anyway, but he was uh, very much an alcoholic my whole life, but a loving one. Do you get cancer from alcohol? I don't think so. I don't know. I'm yeah. not a doctor. And I don't even think I some remember, doctors know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Jordan Peele saying you could get throat cancer from liquor, but I was like, that sounds like the sort of thing that just kind of makes topical, logical sense. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's the sort of thing you could make up. Well, not he made it up, but somebody cancer was like, can exist. It hurts your throat, so it probably gives you cancer. Yeah, no, no, I don't think so. I mean, do sucrets give you cancer? Probably Listerine. I mean, everything gives you cancer, right? Eventually. But not if your body is alkaline. So your dad had a very acidic body. Yeah. Like they have proven that cancer only grows in an acidic environment. Have they proven though, as somebody who's very familiar <laughs> with, this, with this idea, Yeah, have they proven that a human body can be alkaline enough to not host cancer? I don't know. I don't know that either. And I'm glad we said I don't know because this is another topic that people get upset about. Yeah. I would tell you that if I got the cancer... Yeah. I would try the the Gerson sort of therapy. Yeah. Well, you know, you're right. already vegan. Marty which vegan. is pretty alkaline. I will see see that's what I'm saying. That's preaching the gospel as opposed to the hell of the slaughterhouses you preach. Would you like to worry less about cancer? Yeah. And then people go, "Yes, I well, would." Well, that's originally how I, then I started go, going. And smoke cigarettes. <laughs> I'm a vegan. Yeah, go on. You I don't started. like the word vegan so much cuz I do think it sounds it's almost like a religion. Yeah, no, yeah. Like James Cameron has said, like, we should just, if you're going to call it something, just call it plant-based because vegan implies that it's something, that it's a weird choice. Right. And plant-based is just like, no, we just eat plants. It's just normal. And teaching kids especially, like, you're not making a weird choice. Right. I understand. I also don't like the rigidity of saying, like, I am vegan. It's so I vegan. so many angry vegans out there that they're, I and I've said this on my food gram, and... People have unfollowed me. And I've been like, if you're an angry vegan, knock it off. Because if your mission is to make people vegan, anger is the worst way to attract people to something. Speed agree. That means I quickly agree. Oh, it's like you are actively pushing them away from the very thing you care about. I understand. And maybe those people are uh, supremely empathetic. You know, people, some people's heart breaks more. You know what I mean? About a lot of things. Some yeah. people just have more empathy. And maybe they work at that. You hear about that horrible earthquake. Some, that affects some people more naturally. Yeah. Or maybe they work at it. I don't know. So maybe those angry vegans are the ones that are like, fuck. And they're so overloaded with 
you can freak out if you think about it a little bit. Oh, yeah. There's so many things wrong in the world. Yeah. And I do think that maybe we can only handle a certain amount of caring. Yeah, that's my theory. You get three things. Yeah. And, like, you know, there's all the riots in Baltimore right now, and I, and I was trying to catch up, and I was like, God, I'm so behind. Yeah. And it's like, this is a terrible thing. This is a huge, terrible thing that's happening right now. And then there's, like, there's also hunger, and there's water shortage, and there's just so many things. Well, it's the empty Sunday problem on a Sunday where you're like, I should do laundry. Oh, i got to renew my license. Yeah. I should clean the carpet. And then you do nothing. Uh, but I've said this at analogy. Uh, that, did you make up that name, Empty Sunday? Just now. It's really good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a free podcast. But it's the idea I, – I didn't make this up, but I love the story. You see 100,000 starfish that have been washed up and the guy's throwing them back in the ocean to save them. And the guy comes up and he's like, what are you doing? You can't possibly make a difference. They're all going to die. And then he throws one and he goes, made a difference to that one, baby. And I love that story. <laughs> I love it too. So the, on a, you know, when faced with all these things, you, just, you do just kind of have to pick one and it's so – Mm-hmm. You pick one car. I say all the time I'm a vegan, but like the car leather interior. I mean, there's leather in my yeah. car. You can't, as far as I'm concerned, you can't get the car that I got. And it wasn't like that. I was like, I need this car. But I was like, it's a car. It's a regular car. Yeah. There's going to be some leather in it. It can also get overwhelming. Like a friend of mine is super vegan and uh, she, I don't know, the face wash and stuff that I use I looked, and it is cruelty-free. But I also have very sensitive skin, so I can't just like go out and just switch my product. Yeah. And she's like, but it's not vegan. And I was like, okay, well, I can't handle that right now. <laughs> that's just like, that's a level that I can't handle right now. But that goes back to self-love. You know what yeah. I mean? It goes back to eating a drunken quesadilla. It goes, and to James Cameron's point is anytime you call yourself on one side of a thing, there is a shift, and that kind of threatens people, and that threatens you, and it in, in, introduces a rigidity that's why I called myself a fleegan for a very long time. And the truth is, is I, Wait, I still am that? flexible vegan. Yes, okay. And I still am at heart. I'm just 99.9% yeah. a vegan. And honestly, most vegans are anyway. There's going to be something oh, that yeah. you're just like, whoops, for like sure you didn't know. Fleegan. And my boyfriend's family. But it's more of an family. attitude. It's an attitude. It's, like it's just gr- caring. My girlfriend and I are not in an open relationship, but we kind of like there's there's a mentality where I go like you're not mine, I'm not yours, even though we totally are. It's non-dual. Yeah. It's not I b- belong 100% to me, I also belong 100% to you, but there's this kind of attitude of freedom you can have towards any decision you make, yeah. including your partner or your food choices that is more enabling. Yeah. It's not that I don't eat meat. It's that I eat a fuck ton of tomatoes. Right. Yeah. That was well said. I guess we can end. Thank you JK. so much for listening. No, tell, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Good yes end. No, but I also flexible. Trey, that was funny. Yes end. Oh, yes end. Not yes and. Yeah. Good yes end. I get it. I mean... And isn't this also a great lesson in dialects? Because some people's and and end might sound exactly the same. So get it fixed. Yeah, fuckers. Say it properly. Swearing a lot. I love it. Oh, no. Oh, the, ghost of, the ghost of your grandma does the not like it. The ghost of my grandma and my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Double ghosts. Tell me about your dad. Oh, yeah. So he, uh, my parents trained racehorses when I was growing up. Trained racehorses. Yes. Mostly my dad and my mom like uh, helped him. And my dad is Belgian, but it's anytime someone asks me about my dad, it gets immediately so complicated because he lived a lie. And he would say that he was French. 
Mm. There's a lot of anyone, if there happens to be a Belgian person listening, they'll understand this. But there's a lot of war over like what language should be spoken and there's whatever. One Belgian guy this, listening, like finally, like he's turning thank it up. You. He's turning it up. But it's such a small country. It's like New Jersey. Yeah, and they're arguing you over what the language. You could have said Rhode Island, but I mean, you had to. Oh, well, you know. I love Jersey. I'm just making I'm also a joke. born in Jersey. So. Whoops. 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 And Belgium is like the New Jersey of Europe, so I'm like, I just got it right across the board. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone makes fun of it. 800 whoops is coming your way. Yeah. <laughs> okay, keep going. But he, so he, like, in in America, any idiot who buys insurance can teach riding lessons, which is sad, because people don't ride properly most of the time. Mm. And... In Europe, you have to go through three academies, agricultural, 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 military. What? Yeah. And then they give the another horse a one. Gun. And yeah, like these cavalry riders. And it's the tradition of France. And he went in France. And so he's got all of these academy awards. He's got all these academy awards <laughs> for horses. Oh, that's funny. Then he comes here. What a disappointment when he shows you the trophy case. Yeah. Uh, They're just for horses. What did you think I meant? Why are these trophies so big? They're for horses. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's very normal size to a horse. Yeah. I'd like to thank God. the bag of oats. <laughs> he thanked the bag of oats. I love sweet feed. That's when you put molasses in the oats. I love when you do it. Whatever you call it, keep doing it. <laughs> That's my horse voice. But then he came here and he started training racehorses. Every time you say that, I hear racist. Like, I'm like, he turned no, racist no. horses. He trained all the racists. <laughs> How to ride horses. Yeah. Well, the clan does love a good horse. Uh, and, and the horse has to wear. A, like, they're wearing ghost outfits. And the horse is also wearing kind of like a horse yes. ghost. And it's like, don't drag the horse into this. <laughs> there are no ghost horses. No. They're trying to scare people. And it's like, oh, 50 ghosts and the ghost of dead horses. I didn't know animals had souls. Well, they don't. Just kidding. You know I believe the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we trained resources. <laughs> met my mom. He actually had a wife before my mom. He also had a daughter before me that I found out existed like 20 years after I was born. Ooh. He left the country, came to America to avoid fathering a child, that rapscallion. That's what he thought when the plane landed. This He's is like, how we do it. He the song hadn't the even lady, come out yet. She, he was like, get rid of that baby. He said it much nicer, I'm sure. And she yeah. was like, no. And she was like, you have to marry me. And he was like, oh, hell no. And, <laughs> and he escaped to America. His sister had already been here. She was married to a guy who could get him a visa. That's how he came here. Wow. It's fucked up. And then like 20 years later, she... Oh, so then this is crazy. And she, that woman is Chelsea Clinton. Yes. <laughs> and that woman is Chelsea Handler. Don't we look alike? <laughs> you do kind of. This is, going. this is how we do it. But her... So that mom had that baby, my half-sister, and literally put her on a doorstep, mm. rang the doorbell, and those people raised her. And then... It's the unspoken pact of everywhere so but crazy. America. I want to know why her mom just decided to make it a Disney movie. Like, what? Mm. You bring her to an adoption agency. Don't ring a doorbell. It's yeah, you so can weird. also leave it on the step of an adoption agency. Yeah. But she's looking but at the But she map. left it on the steps of the town doctors. 
Oh. So they raised her. So she knew whose house it was. Yeah. It wasn't eeny, meeny, miny, mo. No. Leave a baby by the dough. <laughs> Leave the baby by the dough. That was laser. <laughs> that was. I'm giving myself a laser for that one. It is pretty good. <laughs> I had a little coffee. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> was that a fart? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that fun? I love farts. But yeah, so my dad's a scallion. And that, scallion, he's a type of onion. <laughs> he's a rap scallion. It's uh, funny how you just add three letters and it's a different thing. And it doesn't mean a rapping onion. Yeah. A hip-hop onion. A hip-habit onion. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of things rhyme with onion except bunion and funion and gunson. And drumman. Drumman. I'm an onion drumman. <laughs> you kind of have to speak with some sort of accent. I am an onion drumman. <laughs> I am an onion drumman. <laughs> and then... His drum is just covered in onion skin. <laughs> of course. And he's hitting it with two sticks that have onions on the end. Yeah, and when he hits it so hard, it it's cooks the onions and they fly into his mouth. <laughs> is he an onion? He no, could, he's a drum man. He's a drumman who eats the onions. Oh, I was picturing a giant onion. Oh, that would be fun, too. I drew a New Yorker cartoon a long time ago of a giant onion cutting up people, and he's crying. The, the onion is crying. <laughs> Why didn't they buy that? That's so weird. You should resubmit it. Fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> I got too intense with they, it. They had this goodness when he needed it. Yeah. And he could have he used that. Well. little boost to ego. You know, some people get real high on their rejected jokes. Ben Schwartz? Yeah. <laughs> he made a whole thing out of it. That's making a positive out of a I, I negative. I still think it's so weird when I'm like, I'm going to look for Ben Schwartz. Rejected jokes. <laughs> like, that's who he is on Twitter. I'm like, yeah. just be Ben Schwartz. You are like, no- your jokes are accepted <laughs> now. You're not an unknown. <laughs> I am. No. Remember what Harris said. Yeah, that's right. So tell me your dad raised you, Ralph. Yeah, my parents yeah. were together until I was yeah, seven. Seven? And that's a bad age. That's a young it age. It is, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. And no fooling. That's a, that's a yeah. young. Yeah. Because you're still kind of too young to really get it. I don't even think that's that bad. I, th- I think that's I, what it is. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think that's what's wrong with you. No, I just feel like the younger you are. Well, they know. also did it in such a fucked up way. This Tell is me. how my parents divorced. They, we had moved down to Florida. Mm. And my dad was going to train some more racehorses. And we, my mom's family lives in Pennsylvania. And we went to Pennsylvania for Christmas and mm. never came back. Went without my dad mm. and just never came back. We we're like, we're just going to go to grandma's for Christmas. And no one told me anything. And my mom's theory was, I won't tell her until she asks, which is too much choice. Uh, to put on a child. Because you start feeling awkward. It's been three days and you're like, where's that? Oh, it's too late to I ask. I kind of waited two years. You waited two years. Yeah, and I years. suddenly went, where's dad? No. Yeah. When you were nine. Yeah. And then she arranged for him to see me. And the shitty thing is, I some of this I'm like, I wonder who, I wonder how much this is true because now I'm just getting the back end of it as an adult and people lie to make up for things. But... My dad had told me that he had been calling all those two years and she wouldn't let him talk to me. Mm. But my mom in her nature, I don't think she would do that. So I don't know what the truth is. 
Well, that's a pickle. Yeah, I do love pickles. I'll drink pickle juice. And I will say, I have this theory. Why is a dirty martini a girl drink? It's fucking delicious. It's delicious. I don't think that's a girl drink. Give me one. No. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. I was also raised pretty poor. Because then when my parents divorced. Pretty poor. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) we never had pickles. So I once had a friend, and I fucking love pickles so much. And I once had a friend and be like, yeah, we grew up pretty poor. And I was like, did you have pickles in your fridge? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, you weren't poor. Because wow. they're expensive Are and they? they're not necessary. necessary in a meal. Jinx, you owe me a pickle. The jinx. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Durst, you owe me a pickle. Okay, I'm killing you first. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, pickles. So you're you're not sure, but you think your mom either was lying. Yeah. But that doesn't seem like her. I don't think she was. I bet that Knowing as what I, I, know I talk about it mom, out, it sounds like she might yeah. have done it. She- <laughs> oh, no. Well, don't you think? I'm just saying. I if know. I were writing the script, I would definitely be like your mom. Definitely lied about your dad calling. Maybe because based on because she had decided to wait for left. me to let me. She decided oh. to wait until I asked to tell. This is pretexting. So a call is more of a commitment. If, yeah. If he was like, I texted all those years, I'd be like, I believe that. Yeah. Like, where my girl? <laughs> where my girl at? <laughs> from the front to back. But it's very sad. Then you, it is so sad. So you're nine, and then you got to see your dad. Yeah, and then I got to see him, and then I hadn't seen him in so long that I was, like, afraid. So we they set up that I would go have dinner with him at this place that we used to go have dinner. And if I was comfortable, I could then go home with him. And if I wasn't, I would go back with my mom, which is a weird thing to set up for there's, a nine-year-old. There's a joke here, but I'm not going to make it. <laughs> okay. If you're comfortable. Make it. You can go home with him. Oh, yeah. Come on. There's a better way to phrase that. I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) So you go on a date with your father. Go on a date with my dad. He takes me home. We have a real hot time. (laughs) (laughs) Where did you go? Charles M. Cheese's? Um, No, we went to this place called Tuzio's in New Jersey. Tuzio's? In Long Branch, New Jersey. For families that don't have pickles in the fridge. (laughs) It just sounds like a Ruby Tuesday. very Italian. Oh, and I don't know how you spell it. Ruby Tuzio's. <laughs> we don't have a salad bar. We have a pasta bar. Everybody in a pasta. <laughs> I would go to an Italian restaurant if every 30 minutes, like a very stereotypical, like matronly Italian woman yeah. came out and went, everybody in a pasta. <laughs> like a cuckoo clock. Yeah. On the hour. But On coming, the hour. Coming out of the kitchen doors. And everyone quickly <laughs> went and put some real routine in their mouth. <laughs> you have to. She said it. Uh, yeah, so, so we went. You went to Ruby Tuesdays. Tuesdays, and that's where I used to always get skinjili and calamari salad. Even as like a three-year-old, I would eat that because Skin- my dad skinjili, skinjili and calamari. It's just like little squid and calamaris. Wow. Yeah, and I would eat that. Weird for a kid. Yeah, it's like eating an eraser that erases the mistakes <laughs> of the sea. <laughs> If you need to erase like some like something oh, on the, scuff the erasers mark, of the sea, you just grab a squid. It's true. Um, so and you're then eating I, these chewy squids. Yeah, and I'm chewing the squid, and I. <laughs> me and my dad went out and chewed the squid. Yeah, me and my dad went out chewed the squid, and we we're like, shoot it to me straight. <laughs> and then I did. I went home. Yes. Uh, it's North. I think he was in North Carolina at the time. That guy got around. He was in his Grateful Dead phase, which was funny because he had such a strange Belgian French accent. And then he was all like, you know, into Grateful Dead. Gary Garcia. Really weird. I see that. And then I yes. got into a tie-dye phase. So there are all these wonderful pictures of me as a fat kid in tie-dye, which just doesn't help the fat. 
Yeah, no, that accentuates the fat. You look like a fat supernova. I look like a birthday balloon (laughs) floating in the sky. Oh, no, a regular weight child let go of a heavy balloon. (laughs) Why are they hypothesizing that it wasn't another fat kid? Oh. Mm. But I don't even think any of that is that bad. I do, and I always loved my dad. He was very loving. And it is shitty that, and then he almost died because he drank so much. Dysentery? But he was never drunk. No. What am I saying? Dialy- what is it? The liver one? It's like when you throw up blood and stuff. You're at a- If anyone's throwing up blood out there, you can see a doctor. <laughs> di- something. Dialysis? You get put on dialysis. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I forget it too. Yeah, but he was never like drunk. He just maintained a steady level of beer and he would drink Bushk because it was lower alcohol and he would like have them by his bed in the night. Hmm. And drink them. But he was never, I don't know if anyone knows anyone that level of alcoholic where they're never actually drunk. They're very functioning. But yeah. they have to have a level of alcohol in their blood at all times. Kind of like the plot of Crank. I don't know it. Uh, basically, he has to charge his heart every once in a while, but your dad would drink a, a bush beer. <laughs> so gross. Jason Statham needs to like give his heart a jump. Your dad needs to open a can of Bush. Baby, give me my beer. Cool. Did he vote for Bush? <laughs> I did as a kindergartner. Ooh, that didn't count. George Bush. I don't know who told you that. that oh, well, they were both named George. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like when people name their sons their names. You don't? No, it's confusing. Is it? No. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I just don't like it in the case of our presidents. Uh, no, I'm with you. I, I I would not want to name my son Peter. I think that's strange. My brother is John. My father is John. And I think that's a weird kind of, not burden, but expectation. Be like, you're, you're little me. Yeah. And then all the other little yous are like, wait, am I not little you? Right. And I'm like, I'm Pete. Yeah. A name you made up. Yeah. I mean, just name your son a great name like Ashlyn. Ashland. Or Brogy. Brogy Ashland. <laughs> There's so many weird names now. Are those names? There's so many. No, those I mean. Those weren't. But they're like that. Mm. So then, when. So he's drinking bush by the bed. Bed bush. (laughs) Bed bush. (laughs) Don't let the bed bush bite. (laughs) So he's cracking open a a 3 a.m. bed bush just to keep the equilibrium. Yeah. And uh, and then and then he. When does he get cans? Well, then in college he got off the bush. Oh. And then he was sober, and I was like, aha, we shall start anew. This is wonderful. Yeah. Because when someone is an alcoholic like that, he was always so loving, so I don't have a lot of anger towards him, but they just forget about you when you're not right in front of them. Mm-hmm. So I would actively have to schedule time with my father as a child. Ooh. My whole life was very role reversal. I've always been very adult. I understand. And you're like, hey, Dad, how about you keep a case of me by the bed? Yeah. <laughs> well, not by the bed. <laughs> <laughs> the day went well, not that well. Um, and then he got sober, and it was great. And was then- it? It was great. And then he like, wasn't a dry drunk. Same behavior, just not drinking. Oh, now that you mention it. <laughs> now that I've taught you that term. Yeah, I didn't know that term. <laughs> yeah. If you don't go through the program. Yeah, he didn't do a program. Yeah, a lot he of the guys are very that, stubborn. A lot of cold turkeys act like wild turkeys. If That's you know true. What I mean. <laughs> well, interesting that you brought that up because my so my twenty first birthday was the first year that he was sober and he forgot my birthday. Hmm. And I was, like, so mad because it was a first year sober. Yeah. And he got me this beautiful ring as a 
an apology. He wanted to get me one for my 21st anyway, but I feel like he got a nicer gift because he felt bad. Yeah. And I lost that ring. I feel awful about it. This feels like the movie The Wrestler. Oh, did she lose a ring? I saw that movie. <laughs> he forgets a birthday. Oh, And yeah. you watch it and you're like, that doesn't happen. It's awful. It does happen. And I, for years, have always hated my birthday because my dad would forget or someone would forget. I now don't hate them anymore. And then my dad died, so then I really hate my birthday because it reminds you of the people who should be celebrating it with right. you. Right, Um But he, yeah. When he, did he... Oh. So I guess I was like, you know, I was out of college then. Uh, like a couple years out of college, and then he died. But yeah. But he was so stubborn that he hung on. Apparently, when he found out that he had cancer, it was terminal. And they told him he had like six weeks to live. But he didn't tell me that. And he wouldn't tell his family that. Mm. And he wouldn't believe that. And he lived two years longer. Whoa. Yeah. And even in the end, he hadn't told any of my family in Europe. His mother was like, why haven't you visited in years? He kept being like, I hurt my back. I fell off a horse. And actually, the reason we found out he had cancer was he did fall off a horse, which was... See, that's a believable yeah. excuse. <laughs> he never... Something, something with a horse. Yeah. <laughs> but he would never fall off a horse. He was like, for real, like the horse whisperer. Like, mm. amazing. Mm. And he fell off a horse, and then he had this whooshing in his ears. And they were like, let's give you a CAT scan. And he had 13 brain tumors, which is insane. This is like walking around with all these tumors. And he had one near his lung. He did smoke. He always had a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, but he never took a drag. He would just have it hanging there and talk. So you end up inhaling it. Yeah, dad style. You know, like real 60s cool guy style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And... Yeah, so then he went on this cancer treatment and stuff and like but he wouldn't tell me the extent of it. He wouldn't tell me what kind of cancer. He didn't know how to use the internet and at the time I'm like, just tell me what it is. Let me see the medical record so I can at least try and help in some way. Let me at least Google what you're on. Right. But he wouldn't let me see any of it. And then fast forward he's like in a coma and I he was living in Rhode Island at the time and I kept I was living in New York City, and I kept taking the train up every weekend and seeing him, and he just suddenly took a turn, and he was in a coma, and they said that he can hear us, but he just can't respond, and he just wouldn't die, and every day the hospice person would come and be like, today's the last day, and he just wouldn't die, wouldn't die, wouldn't die, and I had a little light bulb moment, and I was like, he hasn't told his mother, so he's hanging on. So I called Europe and I explained to her that he can hear her, but he can't talk back. And at this point, he's got that rattling in his lungs. It's so hard. It's like really loud. So I turned the phone so the receiver is up so she can't hear that because I don't want her to hear. It's just really awful. And I put the phone up to his ear and she (coughs) told him, it's okay. You can go. Hung up the phone and he died. Shut yeah. Shut it. I was like, excuse me, I burped. Um, sometimes death makes you burp. Uh, if you're Robert Durst, it does. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Laser. I did understand when he did that. Oh, uh, yeah. When I've had really nervous, I, I yeah, end up burping. You've ingested three murders. You're going to have some indigestion. <laughs> no amount of Manlanta. Yeah. That's unbelievable. You hung up the phone and then he died. So you really, what, you called it. Yeah. And he died like within... 30 seconds of hanging up the phone. Shut. Yeah. And then, so then I had hung up the phone and then this is how weird the brain is. And then I was like, I got to call Europe again. And now I got to tell him that he's, that they've 
that he's passed. But I was like, I better go use the barn phone because it has long distance calling. <laughs> so I run. That's I didn't funny. have to. But so I run through the house. I run out to the barn and there's this this wooden gate like you would see at a barn. <laughs> and it has a latch. You know, like, like a little metal on a latch that you see on a gate at a barn. <laughs> and I'm running up to the gate and there's a huge wind and the gate just opens. Shut the dicks. Everybody's dicks. Seal them up. <laughs> and I feel like that was my dad. As wind. Yes. My dad as wind, as Captain Planet. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then I go to the bar and I call them and I tell them these past whatever. So the wind opened the gate? The wind opened the gate. And then that's not the only weird thing that happened. Then he was definitely around for a while. And people who don't believe in ghosts or spirits or whatever, I sometimes feel like, well, that's just because you haven't had someone pass yet who was close enough to you. Mm. And maybe not everyone who passes would stick around, but sometimes I think they do for a little bit. Sure. And I don't know what it is, if it's an energy or a soul, or I don't know. But my dad would be really <laughs> overly specific about the lights in the house. Yeah. So if I came to stay with him in Rhode Island, he would be like, okay, so uh, the lights here, this one, it's a dimmer. You put it down, you can put it up. I'm like, Dad, I know how the dimmer works. And then he'd be like, I would stay up later and they would go to bed. He's like, so, and then if you're going to, you, this one is a switch. And I'm like, okay. And so he's showing me where all the lights are to turn off in the house. And then, so then he passed and my stepmom told me that she came home. She's the one who lived in Rhode Island. And she walked through the house and it's an old house and the upstairs, all the bedrooms are railroaded. And every single room that she walked into, every light burned out. Hmm. And that's like, all your light bulbs don't burn out all at the same time. Multiple light bulbs? Yeah. Multibulbs? No. Multibulbs don't burn out to talls. <laughs> <laughs> So, That's crazy. Yeah. So then I felt jealous. Like, so why dad- isn't he burning out my bulbs? Yeah. Well, he can only be one place at a time, I guess. Yeah. He he opens gates and he burns out bulbs. Yeah. And then he did start to burn out bulbs in my New York apartment. I was living in Harlem by myself. And the craziest one of all, I was like really sad about something. I was talking to my mom. I was sitting on the couch and I had a studio. So everything's all in one thing. Mm. And I'm looking at the light in the kitchen section. And I was like, I just wish my dad were here. I would love to talk to him about this. And the light went brighter, brighter, dim, burned out. No. Yeah. Ghosts love lights. They love lights. They do. I think it's an easy thing to operate. Right. Like they can. But I'm sure like Patrick Swayze was training him on the side. Yeah. Like how to do it. This way is. Or, or the guy on the subway. Reference. No, I got it. And I enjoyed it. Do you, that's very, very, very sad, firstly. And then also very interesting. Mm-hmm. But he's not around anymore, and I recently went to a clairvoyant, which I've never been to. Claire? Claire can see things. <laughs> Hi, I'm clairvoyant. Um, and she and I was like, I want to know like who's around me, like my spirit guides. Like, is my feel like, is my dad guiding me? And she's like, No, no. <laughs> uh, she's like, he's kind of like, I got a lot of shit to do. I care about you, but I got I am on a trajectory. I got shit to get done. I've got a lot of things to make up for, and I'm on my own. And she saw him on like a chariot. With horses? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that makes sense. <laughs> well, that sounds like him. Is and he I messing like, with lights? Oh. Is yeah. there any wind? So he ain't around me no more. He went on. Yeah. 
<laughs> you said that you had a spiritual awakening like a year ago. What was that all about? I did this book called The Lotus and the Lily. Lily Lotes. You know, Lily Lotes float your boats. <laughs> and I, uh, I, uh, you know, I've always been trying to be pretty positive and I've been in a therapy for a really long time. But there's, I've never felt like spiritually connected in any way. And I'm, I'm not religious or anything. But um, I hate. I feel like I just dismissed. I'm sorry if anyone's religious. I hope I didn't hurt your feelings. Um, no. <laughs> it's funny. You just reminded me. I just said on stage recently, I was like, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. And I was like, oh, God, I'm that person. Yes, but that's, that's just, how I just felt. That's like, the uh, way That's the way the cookie. That's the way we do it. It's <laughs> the way the communion wafer crumbles. Yeah. But yeah, I did. I did that book. And it's a 30-day soul journey through the teachings of Buddha and Jesus, and admittedly, right off the bat, the name Jesus on the book made me a little nervous. Nerves. But it's okay. The teachings of Jesus were actually very similar to Buddha. But then religion adds all sorts of anger and rules. Sure. And, and that's the stuff I don't like. And um, But Jesus just, is just all right with you. But Jesus is all right. I still don't <laughs> go like, thank you, Jesus. I have a hard time with that. I, I don't because know. Because that's how you were raised? I was raised Lutheran, so, so yeah. <laughs> so he existed, but he, he's your main guy. <laughs> I don't. I've never felt connected to him. He's, he's to, number one. I used to talk to God like a person when I was a kid. I y'all was such a through, scared kid. Y'all supposed to go through Jesus. See, I never went through Jesus. I went straight up to God, and that is how I've lived my life. <laughs> but I would. You're like, the person that walks through the office where Jesus is, and just walks right <laughs> hey, into geez. Draper's office. Yeah. <laughs> like, cool it, Jesus. Hey, <laughs> Heavenly Father, it's Andre. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I... Jesus comes in with a headset like, I told her she has to wait. <laughs> Sorry, this riff is now over. <laughs> but all. I remember as a kid talking to him like a normal person, and I had this prayer that I would say every day because I was such a scared, nervous little kid. And I would go, Dear God, please do not, do not, do not, do not, do not let anything that I think is bad, scary, upsetting... Uh, what it, bad, scary, upsetting, embarrassing, or painful happened to me today. Thank you, God, amen. Wow. <laughs> Every day. What a great direct prayer. Yeah. I feel like so many people that look at prayer that way, like, you know, like a wish list for God, uh, are saying that basically. Yeah. But they might just be more like, please keep your protection on us. But you're just like, fuck that. Scary. Yeah. I, it's, like, it's like you're doing a legal document. Anything in this universe or others that could be perceived as frightening, unpleasant, uncomfortable, sarcastic, spooky, or painful. Keep it away. Peace. And then you have yeah. a notarized. A very direct seven-year-old. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's the fear of, yeah, when you're told there's a God looking out for you, that's a very rational thing yeah. to lob up to him every day. Yeah. You're probably like, why isn't everyone praying this way? Yeah. And I always felt like I didn't need to pray the way that you're told to pray because I knew that I had a different. So even as a kid, I was like, I got. And in that book, The Lotus and the Lily, there's a whole chapter, I am my own shaman. So you get to make up your own rules. Boom. And I love that. And I was like, I've been doing this since I was seven. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, well, however I want to pray is right. Yep. For me. Yeah. I'm not going to tell other people to do it that way. Okay. And that's where you keep it. Yep. And, uh, but yeah, that book, like you start with your past and you go through all the potentially bad things that have happened to you. And it's all the soul journal journaling and each day has a topic and they guide you through it. But you go through all the things of your past and you thank them for 
teaching you things and giving you gifts and making you the person you are today. That's a good one. And I never have thought, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm just a weirdo, but people, I've never thought my life was bad until I've had to share it. People have been like, even my therapist has been like, that's a really terrible thing. Like, mm. You've never told me that. Like, in a nutshell, the divorce, like, I don't think it's that bad. Then my mom dated uh, very abusive people, and I lived for about four years of my life with a domestically abusive person. So he would scream every night, break things. He normally didn't hit my mom. There was like one or two times he did, and I saw it, and it was weird. And I could never have friends over because he would go into a rage every night. It was just really crazy. Um, but I still didn't think that was that bad. Yeah, I'm with your therapist on this. <laughs> maybe it's some unpacking, Dre. Yeah. No, I, or maybe, I don't know, maybe you genuinely weren't that affected by it. It seems to me that... Oh, I was super affected by it, but I just always uh, naturally turn things positive because it's like, well, what are you going to do about it? Mm. You can't... Sitting in it doesn't help. We have to move forward. We have to go on with the day. How can we do that? I agree. But it's funny. We can fix the, the screen, right? There's a movie screen. And we can make sure the screen is nice and clean. But then there's the projector in the projection booth. And sometimes there's a little piece of dust on the lens. Yeah. You've got to go in and clean that. Yeah. That's something Duncan Trussell told me. So I'm with you. I, I, you're talking to King Positive. What is the point in dwelling? And, and yeah. I came from a family like that. And there's a certain point that, and it will present itself. You're, you seem so lovely and open. Like, I'm not saying you seem like you're closed off. But at some point, if you feel so inclined, you can kick around in there because it might. Yeah. We, we, the reason is, is we don't want to repeat these patterns. Right. And we see ourselves doing that. I know we do. It's one of the biggest phenomena oh, yeah. of life is no matter how far we move away from our parents or the people that raised us, we still see ourselves doing these things. Like, I'll do yeah. this and I'll be like. Oh fuck! I'm my dad in this moment. Like, how does that happen? It's a mix of your DNA and your past and your experience and all this stuff. And I was like, to break those cycles is really, really uh, tricky. That's all I'm going to say. And your role—you learn a role in your family. Yes. And then you surround yourself often, if you don't address it, with people like that because you know how to operate around those people. That's right. But so, it's not to say that I dismissed, and I did work on the whole. That whole area of my I'm life. Sure but at you did. first, when it first came up, I was like, oh, that's bad. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize. And right. I did. No one does. No one thinks their family is weird. No. And no one thinks what happened to them was bad. No. Because you're all like, he didn't have hook hands. Yeah. He didn't come home every night and whirlwind me with hook hands. Yeah. But like, it was yeah, terrible. But your, your shit was your shit. Like, I remember one of the worst things of it was like, I would remember like the screaming happening. And I had my own phone line at the time, finally. And I <laughs> would, when it would start happening, I would just in the dark put one finger on nine and one finger on one. And the shitty thing is, you do learn in terms of what things sound like, you know the difference between the sounds of things breaking and mm. People mm. breaking. Mm -hmm. So you, the cops don't care if you break your house, but they care if you hit someone. Right. So you can't call 911 until it sounds. So I would just like wait. And that's a shitty thing. Yeah, that's, that's really terrible. Yeah. And it speaks to a little bit why we're both comedians. Your situation was uh, more extreme for sure. My parents argued and I, there was no 911. I'm just trying to, I'm not comparing. Oh, yeah. I'm just relating. And that's why, you know, uh, you know, things like Al-Anon and stuff make sense to me is because you're kind of like, oh, I became a master 
at sensing or thinking you're good at sensing how people feel, how they really feel. When they say something, do they really mean that? Like yeah. you say, so then you get in front of audiences and like you were even saying, you can see it in other performers. Like, oh, she's performing in a way that we th- know that she thinks her butt looks big if she turns yeah. around. So she's playing a Viking that won't turn around, which is kind of funny on a subtle level. And then you're also <laughs> like, and this audience is probably a little tired. This guy seems drunk. Yeah. This guy seems really, really friendly. Uh, and, and all of that is you in the dark with the phone. It's not all of, that you got from yeah. that. But I have to imagine the control that we experience as comedians over situations. Yeah is a direct response to the lack of control we at times felt as children. Yeah. That was very profound. Keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. <laughs> it's just over. And on a crispier level, it makes a great waitress. Did it? Yes. I'm oh, sure you were a great waitress. waitress. Because I would morph into each table. I can really read people very yeah, well. Yeah, of and course. And I just kind of take on like, oh, you don't like to talk. Neither do I. <laughs> you know, or like, oh, you're Chatty Cathy. That's my middle name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah, just, yeah. and I was just good at it. And yeah. I care 100% about anything that I'm doing, even if it's not my career goal. Like, I have to have extreme pride in whatever thing I'm doing. That's great. Yeah. Right? It's great. It's not great when you're trying to wait tables in L.A. when I first moved here because people don't have that, and then you're the one doing all the work, and it's terrible. Oh. It's really bad. Your pursuit of excellence got you marrying ketchups four nights a week. Okay. Okay. But so yeah, I did like I did finally work through all that shit, and yeah. I realized that I had been in relationships that were holding me back because I was repeating those patterns. Yeah, and the minute I removed people from my life who w- kind of perpetuated that sort of behavior, I immediately became successful. Ooh, and it's because. You know, if you have someone around you or people around you who are telling you, like, you can't do that, you're not good enough. That's right. It's so my hard. U- you said to believe it. My Uber driver was like that. I was like, you know, I was like, how is it? And he, he's like, it's very slow. And I was like, oh, well, I, you know, I hope it gets better. And he goes, it's not going to get better. <laughs> and I was like, that might be. But I was like, what a, whoa. Yeah, too much. How many fares have you had today? Zero? Don't you know that you can attract customers to you just by thinking about them? <laughs> what do you mean you're not in touch with the universe? <laughs> but I'll, I'll give you – my therapist has this great thing that he taught me. He's like a lot of Fortune 500 companies fire the bottom 10% of their company regardless. So yeah. I, don't, I don't think Apple does this, but let's say Apple does it. Every year, even if everybody's working great, they fire the bottom 10%. Oh, my God. And he's like you can kind of apply that to your life and kick out – yeah. I love this Joel Osteen quote. It, he's so cheesy, but I love this quote. He says, it's hard to soar with the eagles when you're kicking around with them pigeons. Oh, my gosh. So every once in a while, you got to get some pi- It's not cruel. I've been doing this tour. People come up to me, and they're like, I don't know what to do. I feel bad, uh, you know, fading people out of my out of their lives. And I'm like, yeah. it's just, part, it's just part, part of boundaries. It's like, yeah. you are a plague to me. Mm-hmm. I just saw the girlfriend of a guy I did this to at this juice place where I got this juice this morning. And I was like... If she asked me why I, you know, stopped hanging out with this guy, I'd just be like, he's too intense. He was intense. He, like, made yeah. me think the world was out to get me. It was, it was ugly. It was bad. Everything was shitty. He just yeah. wanted to complain. And I was like, like, not to sound too hippie, but it fucked up my vibrations, yo. Yeah. It did. That's the challenge that I have where I would just be like, oh, I've been busy. I have a hard time because I feel like if you do sort of – have to distance yourself from someone 
you can make hard boundaries but still be kind to them. Yep. You don't have to be mean. That's right. And it's not. And they're going to see it as mean probably anyway just by your removing. If you're a phone, but if you're a phony baloney, that's a different kind of meanness. Yeah. That's something, that's something I learned on this podcast is trying to make everybody like you is a type of manipulation and it's inappropriate. Yeah. Like that way that you merged with your tables. We can't live our lives that way. No, and that's my huge struggle. I still struggle with it too. I want everyone to like me. Yeah. But at a certain point, you have to be like, I'm this way sometimes. And yeah. Le- and let them see it, baby. Yeah. Let them see it. Otherwise, you are a fucking sociopath. Yeah. That weird, you know, there's some people that are genuinely just so kind. Everyone may, I don't know. I don't even know if I buy that. Some weird Maybe church lady librarian. Maybe you just catch them in their kind yeah. uh, pockets. Maybe. Pockets of kindness. But I don't know. It's a lie. You're lying. Yeah. I recently, like, when the show was done, I went into a deep depression. When Park Slope Brooklyn was done filming? That's right. When Astoria Queens, the fourth, <laughs> was finished. <laughs> and uh, I, and I think, and I said, I've never had such dark thoughts. And I said to my therapist, like, you know, I said to anyone who would listen. I said. Really, it was just a tree. Just like fucking <laughs> talking on my lawn and mowing the grass with my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Which was what the book Lawnmower Man was about. And we turned yeah. it into a sci-fi thriller. Is that true? It is true. I didn't know it. Deal with it. Well, every idea has already been done. Um, Ecclesiastes, man. <laughs> it's a book of the Bible that's just like, everything sucks. Oh, no. See, that's what I'm talking about. The I Bible isn't just like, hey, the buddy. Bible. There's parts of it that are like, everything sucks. That's awful. Yeah, but I mean, that's part of life. No good. <laughs> you should write an Amazon review for the Bible. It's just no good. No good. One star. No good. I forgot what I was saying. Mm. Sorry. I don't remember. No, let's go back. We can do it. Studies? Do you remember? Waiting tables. Waiting tables Waiting making tables. everyone like you. That's you my problem. Like it's, it's a lie. It's manipulative. Uh, then you said everything's been done. But it was right before I said, that. Everything's been done because I said lawnmower man. You were mowing the lawn with your teeth. I would tell everybody. I would tell my therapist. I would tell. Oh, here's what I told them. We did it. I got so dark that I was like, you know, we do all this, and what for? We're all just gonna die. Mm. And even if you do it for someone else, that person's gonna die. Hundred years, all new people. Yeah, and I was like, so what's the point? And no one cares either. No one cares anymore about anything. You can't get anyone to care about anything, which isn't completely true, but that's how I felt at the time. And uh, my boyfriend was like, well, it's very dark. And he's like, I feel that way. He is atheist. He was raised super strict Catholic, which that happens a lot. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, if you think that way all the time, how do you live? Because he's not spiritual. Well, he is kind of spiritual. It's confusing. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And then uh, we were at a barbecue. Shouldn't have gone to it. Went to a barbecue way too soon. And... (laughs) What do you mean? Because you had to be like, I'm vegan. No, no, because this guy was sad. I just shouldn't have gone out. Oh, I understand. Not because I was vegan. No, you could go to any old barbecue. Sure. But I went to <laughs> Pete. <laughs> I thought you were like, it was too soon in the relationship to tell him. I, that oh, went, no. I went to Weird Place with that one. No, no. We've been together for like three years. <laughs> I, um, hope, I hope he's noticed that you're not eating meat. No, no. He's, uh, he's also not eating as much anymore either. He's not vegan. But anyway... We go to this barbecue and I'm still so sad when my show has ended. And I, some people are like, everyone's asking, like, how's the show? 
which is the thing that I'm sad about. And I just, you know, just said, yeah, it's great. Uh, but I just feel like, what did, what do we do any of this for? And people were just like, <laughs> they're burgers. But I can't sometimes, I'm so good at being friendly and whatnot, but I, every now and again, I do, I'll just say the truth. Mm. And I'll say it with a big old smile on my face. And then I realized later, like working through that with my therapist, that's literally how the project has made me feel at this moment because like I booked it, we took over a year to shoot it because Rashida is writing a movie and then we, so we've shot it and now it won't air till October. So we'll have been almost two years since mm-hmm. booking it. So Slow it, business. Yeah. So it literally does feel at this moment, like you do all this and for what? No one sees it. No one knows. It's like you didn't do it. Yeah, but I, you know, I would say for sure that's something that I think about as well. And you have to wonder why you, you don't want to be an accomplishment or an achievement junkie yeah. because then you get it, it means nothing, and then you you'll just, never be happy. You just need to go on to the next one. You need to, you know, the great mystics that I enjoy. I'll talk about life just being play. It's just like we have to look at it as like play, and it's yeah. just, it's the process itself. It's not finishing the book and getting published and winning an award. It's writing the book. It, it really is. And everything else has to be secondary. Yeah. We have to be pursuance of excellence, not uh, success. Yeah. And I know that sounds very trite, but I mean, the, the great myth, like Ram Dass will point you to an embrace of the emptiness. It's like, don't shy away from the emptiness, which is what I hear you talking about at yeah. the barbecue. But it's a glorious emptiness. Yeah. It's a beautiful emptiness, and a simultaneously, it's vitally important. Yeah. But he says, it's a great quote, he goes, I'll give you vital if you, t- if you accept empty. Mm. And if you won't take empty, I won't give you vital. And, and so it, but it's a dance. It's yeah. this understanding that life itself is the point of life, and going around and around, if there's such a thing as reincarnation, yeah. is learning about this thing we call life, this thing we call existence, this thing we call matter and time and space and three dimensions. We're just trying to understand ourselves by going yeah. through these incarnations. So you're absolutely right. It doesn't mean shit, but there can still be profound love for yeah. the dance and the people you're dancing with and the people you're not dancing with. And through your lower times often comes your greatest Of course. Work. Great pain or great love is what uh, yeah. sparks change. But that's what—that's just one of the things you're learning. And then on another level, we could just say that providing entertainment and stuff is really like uh, it ministers to people. It gives yeah. them joy and it gives them a- escape and all that sort of stuff. I would say that that might be generous. I don't know if if silly internet videos I, I do are really that salving to people. Well, if it makes your soul fly. Like, you know, in that Lotus and the Lily book, part of the section is there's a section about finding your purpose in life. Mm. And a lot of people don't know it, and that's okay. And there is like an interesting if little mm, practice you can do to try and find it, which is kind of a weird, fun game. But you can like soul journal, just like free flow write about things that just make you feel good. And then you go in and you just, like a kid, just circle words that are like, I like that word. Yeah. You just circle the words and then you take those words at the end and you put them all together and see if you can make a sentence out of them and mm. just keep eliminating words that you don't really like, don't speak to you. And in the end, hopefully you get a sentence. Mm-hmm. And mine was to reach people through laughter. And it's very different than to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. I want to reach people. I want to make them feel something. Not just like, I need to be funny and you need to laugh at me. But who cares if it's mutually beneficial? Yeah. You get that laugh you need and you're not the kid dialing 9-1 anymore. Yeah. And they get 
what they get. That kid, if you're a kid, you better dial 911. Just true. FYI. <laughs> I, you know, my strategy would have been a 91 and then wait. But you were hovering over both the 9 Yeah, you just put your thumb in your other thumb or you would, yeah, it's most comfortable. With a landline. <laughs> Make your choice. Make your choice. My great-grandma who lived with us had a rotary phone in her room, and sometimes yeah. I would go in her room, but that was very hard in the dark. You have to count the circles. Yeah. And nine is a – it's a long wait for that nine to get back. Oh, boy. But then the, the one is – Yeah. You can do one real fast. Yeah, no, but reaching people with laughter is a great goal. But I mean like, you know, we live in a world that always wants you to be depraved, to think that you need the next thing. Yeah. That, you, that you're lacking. And I think that's the great lie of the ego. Your ego wants to exist very badly and it only exists when you're in a state of panic and turmoil and lack. Yeah. So it's always going like, Andre, what's the point? Your show doesn't matter. Everyone's going to die. So that keeps it alive. It mm-hmm. keeps your sense of self alive when really if you can step into the present where your show doesn't matter – but in the in the beautiful way, yeah, in the glorious way, yeah, where your ego goes completely in the background, and you identify with your essence, yeah, and your essence has no interest in your show. Your your essence just wants to work itself out, wants to work work its yeah. purpose out, and by doing the show, that was part of your karma. Yeah, and that's what I struggle Keep it with. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it crispy. Keep trying to end the show. Keep it crispy. No, you don't struggle with it. You're doing it. I'm doing I mean, it. I hear you struggling, but that's part of it too. Yeah, dark barbecues. Belong in the story. Dark barbecue. <laughs> Coming to HBO Darbecues. this fall. Darbecue. Darkbecues. That's the comedy spinoff. They need to stay. They, that's part of it. We, we want to edit out all these warts and bad experiences and stuff are the things that, we want, that we're embarrassed yeah. about. Mulaney said this to me when he did the podcast. He was like, can we stop acting like our demons are embarrassing? And it's completely true. That barbecue is the good story. Yeah. When I hear you feel that way, when I feel that way in a couple of days, I wake up with despair all the time. I, I spew advice and I love telling people what helps me. But I wake up sometimes just feeling what I can only express is dread. Yeah. And I go, I tell people, I inspire people sometimes. What? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I also have dread. Fuck everything. Yeah, but that's why you inspire people. Well, that's all I want to do, and that's what you want to do. Let's reach people through laughter. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, please protect us from anything that could poke, prod, (laughs) burn, scathe, scorn, embarrass, or humiliate us today and every day. Although I'll repeat this tomorrow because you are outside of time. Yeah. (laughs) I wish I could have blown you. Also, what is time? (laughs) BTW, what time? Time, I trip out on time all the time. The beginning of this podcast is now a memory, which is so fucking weird to me. But the beginning of this podcast does exist in this moment, and three hours from now also exists in this moment, and all of them are connected. That's even weirder. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, the whole time is simultaneous thing will bake your noodle, too. Yeah. Like, sometimes when I worry about death, I'll be on a bumpy airplane or something, and I'm like, really? I mean, and this is the beautiful emptiness. It's like, wherever I am, I'm only in the moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're only ever there. So you really are – it's kind of this unavoidable thing. You're going to be there when you die. Yeah. So if it's now or if it's later, that doesn't really matter. What matters is 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 – I don't know. Just be there. Just be there. I will say when I listened to that <laughs> Dana McCarvey pod, which is what I emailed you about. Dana-er Carvey. Dana Carvey. Dana. I did like what he said about – Where were you during the Renaissance? Yeah. That's a comforting one. And I like that. And it's like, I like oh, this. Yeah. Where could you go? I, I, I just that's another Ram Dust thing. It's like yeah. he talks about his guru and he was still freaking out about how the world is unfair and gets angry and, and, and you know, his guru is kinda like, Don't you just see everything's perfect? Everything that you think is evil or bad or this or that or your brain is just categorizing and he's like, It's all perfect. Just come up for air. Yeah. And then he's like 
no, I, I wasn't ready. And then he says it's so funny. His guru goes like, oh, wait. Where? And then he goes, because where is he going to go? Oh, my He's God. in no rush. Yeah. I'm really more and more of the thing that you get you go around and around until you figure it out. I don't even know if there isn't an until you figure it out. Life just continues happening. Yeah. Like everything gets recycled. I think your ego does die, but I think your essence perhaps does get another incarnation. You think your ego dies with your bod. For sure. I sure hope it does. I hope so too. I just want to take the lessons the soul learned, ditch the ego. I don't I don't have any need for like Twitter followers or popular Instagrams based on kale kale <laughs> fun. Yeah. Just give me the essence. And then we'll move on. There is a there is a thing that I read that says which would say that maybe the ego doesn't die. That says that like that karma is just it's not only in a person's life. It's like if whatever time ago this soul did this, now it's balancing it out in this yeah, time. I understand balancing things out. Yeah. Which would be a... Yeah, but I don't think you necessarily need to have a conscious recollection of your ego to no. continue to act out and balance your... When we say karma, we just mean life's purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I think about that all the time, though. I'm like doing this podcast for some reason is supposed to inform or, or move me forward. And mm-hmm. you can either be in tune with that or not be in tune with that. But then... And, and then I'll die and then... Either you come back, Dr. Gary Penn, whose book is available now, my therapist, he likes to say is like, you know, either you wake up or you just keep coming back until one day you fi- finally figure it out. It's like coming out for air and you're just like, oh, right. <laughs> and then and then maybe he likes to go and then you just get to fly around and visit other universes. But like I do, it does make sense. We all throw around the term old soul. We feel like, yeah. oh, this kid feels like he's 80 years old. You know what I mean? And I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to. Babies drawn to corduroy. <laughs> Maybe he was killed by a man in corduroy. What? What? Do you feel satisfied on the spirit part? Do you want to share anything else? No, I think we all have one. <laughs> That's very sweet. That's very sweet. We all have one. Except you, Dylan. Yeah, Dylan McCormick. Just Ooh. kidding. What? It's the uh, only Dylan name I could remember. I don't know who that is. He's on a show. What show is it? What does it matter? Who cares? He doesn't exist anyway. (gasps) You can either tell me the hardest time you've ever laughed or we can sing a song to end. Oh, boy. If you can't remember the hardest time you laughed, we'll just sing a song. We'll just sing a song. Are you sure? <laughs> I don't know if I remember the time I laughed the hardest. That's okay. I remember one time that I went to, uh, this is so disgusting, I don't know if I should tell you. Is it a poop story? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I was walking around the house naked, as I like to do, and I was... <laughs> Shooting diarrhea so hard to the floorboards that I was actually hovering off the ground for a good four seconds. No, Just, I went to like... <laughs> And then the male. I was meditating, came. floating on my own stream of diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Embracing no, the dark and the light. I uh, was getting ready to work out and I was turning on my music device at the time and I went to like squat down to do it and I thought I just had a little toot and a little poop came out. Naked? <laughs> on the floor. Uh, I laughed pretty hard at that. That's good. <laughs> it was just like a little dollop. <laughs> like a dot, like the candy dot. Like a dots. little dollop of Daisy. Like a little, like a little. That's uh, so funny. Like you just sampled some um, 
Frozen yogurt. Yeah, the, the tiny cup. <laughs> if there had been a tiny cup on the ground, you'd been yeah. and moved on. Yeah. I mean, how were you not going to tell us that story? That's fantastic. Isn't it awful? I love it. And I, I was all alone. I wish, well, I don't know if I wish there were people around. <laughs> I, mean, I text like five people who I knew would enjoy it. Did they? Oh, they laughed real hard. Poop emojis flying around everywhere. I don't even think they existed yet. This is pre-poop emoji. Yeah. That's how we can carbon date this. <laughs> uh, well, let's sing a song, too. Okay. Thanks for Spoiling doing the my podcast. If, if you want, want to, to do, do it again, again you, you can't. can't. <laughs> Thanks for doing my podcast. How do you like your pants? The podcast was great. We did it all day. A lot of time went by and we said, hey, hey. <laughs> all right. My butt's hurt. My butt. My butt's hurt. My butt's hurt. My face is sweating. And it's hot. It's fucking balls. What the fuck? I can tell it's the summer because the podcasts are going to get shorter. I could talk to you for a long time, but we got to get the fuck out of here. We got to go. And you did it. You did two hours in an hour and a half. Oh, my God. You did an hour and a half. Oh. But it felt like, you know, you crammed enough goodness. But it was real boring, so it felt like two hours. Onion drumman. Onion drumman. I am an onion drumman. I'm drumming onion all the time. Hey, I'm onion drumman. I eat all the onion all the time. Keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. <laughs> Yay! Let's get out of here. Day 15. I'm so crispy. I'm so crispy. My ice game make you haters want to get me. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Nerdist.com.